White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator Deborah Bricks has recommended that anyone who has visited New York should recently recently should self-quarantine for 14 days. Foundation is not at all tied to fears of the coronavirus pandemic and has actually always been the advice for anyone visiting New York City. Waving to his plants and cutting the ribbon on his new refrigerator. <laughs> the Senate is close to passing a $2 trillion coronavirus stimulus bill. Uh, it would have passed days ago, but uh, Democrats wanted to make sure that it included provisions instituting the Green New Deal, arts endowments, including a $35 million grant for the Kennedy Center in D.C. So apparently Democrats didn't want anybody to think that only Republicans were the ones who are out of touch with the needs of the people. And in desperate times, it's truly a bipartisan issue. Nobody cares about us. The Senate's $2 trillion coronavirus bill includes a provision that blocks businesses controlled by President Trump and his family from receiving federal relief, which is bad news for Ivanka Trump's factory workers who won't be getting that hefty 20 cent raise this year. Saying that the coronavirus cure cannot be worse than the problem itself, President Trump has said that he plans to reopen the country for business on April 12th, Easter Sunday. Now, I didn't pay attention in Sunday school, but uh, I think I missed the part of the Easter story where Jesus died, three days later rose again, and then infected 59,000 people because he went to the Apple store in Sparrow. <laughs> Dr. Anthony Fauci says when he contradicts a statement by President Trump, He's just trying to get the facts out. He doesn't want to embarrass him. Yeah, that's my job, said Eric Trump. And finally, in a graphic health department memo outlining precautionary safe sex practices during the corona pandemic, the city of New York is warning against rim jobs. Okay, then somebody tell me exactly how I'm supposed to pass two whole weeks without going outside. The Trump Report starts now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Oh my goodness, welcome to the Trump Report. We are continuing to social distance. Uh, uh, you know, we're all actually in the same building, but uh, we had these sets built so that it looks like we're somewhere completely different. It makes it more interesting. Uh, I'm Christian Blatt, joined as usual by Chelsea Galicia. Hello there. And my uh, cohort in the making of mirth, Tamara Brown. I was, I was really wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> we all were. Yes, we were. Mirth. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, someone who I saw engaged in a, a, well, it wasn't really a Twitter back and forth, but I saw you yelling at President Trump earlier today. Scott Moore. Yep. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like so, every day. As, as always, there's uh, so much, so very much to talk about, but I think we got to dive in with, is everybody as excited as I am to know that this is all going to be over by Easter? We're all going to be able to go back out. We're all going to be able to we're going to be able to go out shopping. Uh, I guess the NBA is going to be back. Baseball is going to start. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at going to I don't know an event of about fifty thousand people or something. Come on, this is great news. Easter. It's so soon. It's like not even three full weeks away. Christian, are you you you're oh you're believing President Trump? I see. What? Okay. What are you talking? What's not to believe? 
He said Easter. And I was like, well, that's a lot sooner than I thought it was. I, I, you know, they were telling us at the end of last week that it's like, hey, get ready for 18 months. And, and now it's like, well, we have like 18 more minutes. Um, you know, so I, uh, I, I, and let's, let's give it up for, uh, Anthony Fauci, by the way, whose job is basically to, to figure make out how to, behind the president. Well, to make faces behind the president, but also be like, uh, so that thing he just said is actually not true. Here's what's true. So like, there's a, there's a way to do it. There's a tact to doing it. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. Is it, is it too late to, to write him in for president? You know, I mean, I guess it's never too late because we still got time. Um, let me uh, start with uh, with Scott Moore, because I can see that you're all these wheels are moving in your head. Uh, so where are you going to go for Easter? <laughs> so, I mean, so many choices. I'm not sure where I'm going to end up going. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go out and get a honey baked ham. I'm going to wait in that long line of like 200 people waiting for the honey baked ham. It's going to be great. Yeah, I, I mean, so many choices between that and going to a game, maybe a concert. Um, <laughs> who knows? Actually, I think Wuhan, China, would be a pretty safe bet. Well, now, sure. That's I, 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 you know, I had a joke where I mentioned the Apple Store. That well, the Apple stores are reopening throughout China, so this is great. They, uh, they did such a such a great job of, uh, you know, uh, making sure their people didn't do anything, and it only took three months. And now they're able to go back to, to their way of life. Um, so, Chelsea, it's so hard to quantify, but let's just hypotheticalize this idea. Hypotheticalize? If, yeah, because it's, look, we live in an age where you can make up a word, and if you, if, if you don't flinch, it becomes a real word. If, uh, you know, there's probably a lot of things over the last three and a half years that, that you know, we maybe all have been uh, a little critical of President Trump for. But if he were to uh, tell everybody to, you know, go to church and get out there and go to the Easter egg hunt and go visit the Easter bunny at the mall uh, on Easter. It's like we've always said we wouldn't be surprised by him or like, oh, he can't do anything worse than this. But I don't know. To me, that's a that's a new bar. I, I just the idea that he's even floating it right now is is insane. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show how I think um, how many people in this country have a an unhealthy relationship to the economy, maybe bordering on obsession that is 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 just beyond. I mean, we always talk about how there are so many issues that people debate about going into an election and then the entire thing ends up coming down to the economy and and I can and I'm just in shock that it's not just the president saying this. There are a lot of people who want to open up our country again, whatever that uh, means exactly, but you know they want us to get be back in business even though it may be deadly to people to do that and i i mean i i can't help but think that if if you listen to president trump and get sick that you know that is well, i guess survival of the fittest and if you are intelligent enough to pay attention to the experts and not to him then you have a better shot at survival 
Well, I, I, I mean, apart from being incredibly dangerous, it's wildly inconsistent. For five years, he's wanted to build a wall, build a wall, keep people out. Now he wants everybody to just come on in. And I, I don't know. I, I can't uh, I can't get a handle on uh, well, what he wants. <clears throat> yes, Scott Moore. Say, well, the cynical uh, side of me would tend to think that what he's hoping for is that uh, a lot of these blue state Democrats and governors will say, no, we're not reopening. And when those economies are you know, suffering worse, he's going to say, look, I told everybody to reopen. And now it's these these uh, Democratic governors faults for not reopening the economy. And so the economy is tanking because of them, not because of me. And so that's the cynical side of me. And I think he's hoping. I don't think it's cynical. Pressure. I think that's accurate. Um, and some of the red state governors he's hoping will open up in areas that aren't having issues, um, you know, in some of these other states like Florida and Texas and that maybe they'll have some areas of increased cases, but yeah. he's hoping that those states will reopen the economy better and then he can blame Democrats for the economy going down. And I think that's what he's he's really saying because he knows realistically he has no say into when states, individual states decide to reopen. And yeah. so he's using this as a cynical- Does he know that? Does he know that though? If somebody has told him. I mean, he has no say as to now he can just use this as a wedge issue and say, look, the economy is now tanking because other people are saying, no, I said to reopen and you guys aren't following yeah. that. So therefore, you know, it's your fault now. The economy is tanking, not mine. Well, I, I don't uh, I, I don't think that uh, Easter seems realistic. I, I, my understanding is, look, there are definitely parts of the country that you would be able to not resume regular everyday life, but it would be a little bit more normal. Uh, maybe, I don't know, beginning of May, you know, sooner than somewhere like California or New York. And uh, I, I can see pushing for, you know, letting the governors sort of, you know, make that determination. But I, 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 yeah, I mean, this to just go out there and, and promise us, you, you definitely have people that are starting to think like, oh my God, I thought this was going to be forever. It's only going to be a couple more weeks. And well, but the truth is, is that we haven't seen the worst of it yet, and it's going to happen um, in the next couple of weeks, one, two, maybe three weeks, and then people might start to realize that this is going everywhere, and they'll see it spread in places that are not, you know, Washington, California. There will be a new epicenter. Yeah, if yeah. I'm going to call New York City an epicenter, just just for where it's like ground zero, where it's the worst, there's going to be a new, you know, it'll become New Orleans next or something like that. So, so my, my prediction is that by Easter, there will be enough people across the country that see how this is impacting them. Like it's it, like, it's gotten, you know, it's in their neighborhood or at least it's in their County. And so they will uh, probably be reluctant to go back out. Even if Trump says that America is open for business. Yeah, and look, I look, I do understand the argument that uh, it's catastrophic to the economy to do this. I, I, you know, I'm not trying. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think anybody's actually trying to discount that. It's just the idea is like how much worse it would be to the economy if, you know, you have this on the level of. I mean, we've in terms of numbers, we've uh, overtaken Italy at this point. But in terms of percentage of population, obviously, uh, you know, there's there's a lot more of us to uh, have to worry about. And I, I, I don't know. I think that, yeah, look, I, I think that an important part of all of this, I was reading earlier that uh, NPR has decided that they're not going to air those uh, briefings that the president gives live anymore. 
because of just the amount of information that is put out there that is then you know debated and and negated by a, a host of other people and uh i mean i think that if you tried to make cnn or any of them any of the cable networks actually do that they're like are you crazy everybody's watching these things i mean uh i think fox news did a town hall with him and uh that uh 400 4 million 400 4 million people watched uh, uh yeah uh yeah a coronavirus town hall with trump uh and the task force had 4.4 million viewers on fox news which when you think about how many of us are home that's not really that many. I guess I guess everybody else is watching Tiger King, but I don't. Uh, you know, I I think that uh, I, I look. I, I referenced uh, Fauci before, but uh, it's it's there. He seems to be the only person that's taking it seriously. But there are there are others. It's just he's the one that uh, talks the most. But Tamara, do you expect that we might not be hearing from him so much anymore? Oh, are, are you asking if um, by negating President Trump, if um, maybe he's not going to get as much camera time or he's going to be uh, fired, maybe? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe the second one. You know, I think uh, pre President Trump might be inclined to replace him with Dr. Phil or something. Wouldn't that seem, wouldn't that seem a little petty or childish to do something like that? I mean, you know who we're talking about, right? <laughs> uh yeah yeah but, I, think I mean his, i think his days are numbered um yeah but more importantly um i don't think i'm alone in wondering you know i i need an update on the tennis pavilion i i think a lot of america is wondering how well, that's doing the and, um the the tennis pavilion is where we're all encouraged to be best so uh, i do hope it's built you know the uh the uh, the tennis pavilion seems like the one thing that uh, is not in this uh, two trillion dollar bill, and uh, there are uh, there are a few people who are uh, you know you have some Republicans that uh, feel like they're giving uh, too much in the way of uh, of unemployment insurance, and then uh, you have other people that feel like you know there's too much corporate bailout. But as uh, as we referenced at the top of the show. Uh, how hard do you think it was, Chelsea, to get a provision in there that none of this money is going to be able to go bail out any of President Trump's businesses? How hard was that? Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe it's in there, is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, I'm grateful for it. I don't know how difficult it was to get it in there, yeah. but I am certainly... Well. I don't know. Let's keep in mind, Scott, it hasn't been voted on yet. So just because it's it's in there right now doesn't mean it's necessarily in there. Yeah, that, that, that's true. And um, I have to say, you know, both sides were kind of using this to their advantage for a while while they're negotiating. Yeah. And right now, a lot of the bad press was going towards the Democrats saying they're putting a lot of their tech projects in, which I admit there were quite a bit of tech projects. It looked more like a straight, you know, line item kind of vote rather than something for specifically for this pandemic but republicans were also bad on trying to whittle down you know paid sick leave originally and you know companies paying 15 dollars an hour minimum wage you know there are a lot of things that they stripped from as well like you said and um and unemployment insurance but it will be interesting to see how the final vote shakes out um i think it's it's kind of a shame that both sides were putting a lot of their pork um into the each um each uh, of the bills, which is 
you know, somewhat not expect unexpected, but it was a little bit of like, let's, let's work together and really get something good out there and then focus on nitpicking um, maybe some of the later bills, but let's just get it out the door. Now should have been their priority from both sides at this point, And both sides were not really adhering to that originally. Yeah. Look to me, the, uh, and, and yes, this, this is one of those instances where you can, you can point fingers at both sides of the aisle, but the, the way that the story was advancing the last couple of days was that, uh, you know, the Democrats weren't happy with a, a few of the things in there. And I'm just like, okay, so now the story is Democrats hold it up. And that's still the story, even though that's not 100% what the case is. And I just started to think like, you know, remember how four years ago that seemed kind of like a, like a gimme of a, of a presidential election, a little bit of a layup. And, you know, the, the guy who didn't do enough to prevent us from being trapped in our houses for months, that seems like an easy guy to beat a president. But, you know, what's the one thing you could do to make people not like your party? Hey, we want to give you all this money, but uh, the Democrats won't. Uh, but uh, Chamber, you don't want any of that money, right? You you don't want the the twelve hundred dollars. You're not interested in that, right? Well, I don't. I, I don't think that's how it came off in the media that I that the Democrats were the holdup because I I don't think has it even been released like because they were trying to make sure that corporations don't have. Can you guys see me, by the way? Yes, I, yeah. I see. I see uh, all four of us. Okay, um, you know we didn't want corporations to get um, uh, to benefit to be able to pay their CEOs and their and their board of trustees and things like that. And I don't. I'm I'm wondering what of that has been fixed in the bill. Well, has anyone heard any information on that part? And well, you tell me if I'm right, Chelsea. My understanding was that uh, the companies wouldn't be able to, like in the bailout of uh, 2008, use their bailout money to buy back their own stock. And I, I don't know enough beyond that. That was the one thing I've heard. So what's being done? Now, you can you can argue that more needs to be done. But what is, as far as we can tell, Chelsea, being done? Uh, that is is not of of the most benefit to uh, large corporations. Well, what what I have heard is that the the actual text of the bill has not been made available, so we don't know exactly what's in there. But it has been welcome news to me that a lot of people have become vocal, including Mark Cuban and even the president, to say that companies that get this money shouldn't be able to do buybacks with it, and that there is looking at some limitation on the length of time is it a number of years or until this money is paid back or something of that nature that they can't do buybacks i liked mark cuban's idea that if they get any money that they can never do buybacks um because it's the the buybacks uh, that have caused them to not have any cash on hand to handle situations like this. You know, companies are supposed to be aware of what kind of sort of threats, dangers, emergencies um, that lay in the landscape and cruise ships and airlines, they know that this is in, should be in their business, you know, models that they have to contend with this. And so they should have emergency savings, just like American individuals are supposed to have emergency savings to get them through the rough times. So um, it, when I feel like corporations are being treated the same as individuals um, with a, a level of personal responsibility that's expected, then I'd be happy with the bill. But right now, I don't understand why any money needs to go to 
corporations themselves. If we take care of people, if people have enough to get by, why do corporations need money? And then I hear this thing about, oh, well, there's, they need to keep paying employees. Well, forget about paying employees. Let's just pay Americans directly. Um, I know, I understand they have continuing overhead. Well, some of that can be paused. I'm sure most of it can be paused. So I'm not really sure what is it um, that the, that corporations need the, the money for. I understand that, you know, that there's, you know, exceptions, but largely if we take care of people, why do we have to take care? Why do corporations need to get this money? And I haven't heard a good um, response to that. I don't know if anybody else has, but I would love to hear about, you know, why corporations need to be treated like people in this sense when I don't think they should be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look, I, I understand that point, but uh, I, I do think that, uh, you know, you can probably pick and choose, but there are probably industries myself a lot. And I'm hearing, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know, uh, Ryan, should we do something different? Yeah, because uh, there's been a little bit of an echo throughout and uh, now I'm hearing myself. So that's just, just real quick, y'all. I think someone took their, been taking their headphones on or off. Yeah, no, my headphones aren't working. So that's why I have to take them off. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, All right. So, yeah, but I, I mean, I was just hearing everything I said uh, echo, which I'm not hearing now. So, um, but what's okay. but Christian or anybody else have, but first of all, let's talk about these, um, cruise lines. They're purposely not registered in the United States so that they can avoid us. Yeah. Why yeah. are we trying to bail them out? Well, and uh, for, first of all, before we get to that, so I, I, this is the time we have to point out, unfortunately, the Trump report, uh, cruise that we all had scheduled, uh, through the Grand Caymans, June 1st. Uh, right now, we're going to hang on to your deposit, but we will not be setting sail that day. No, I mean, look, that's a good example. Uh, but I mean, look, if the entire airline industry goes down, that becomes a problem. Okay, uh, hold on a second. Level. Let's, let's play that. Th let's play that out. So let's okay. just say United Airlines doesn't have enough money to 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 hold on and and they go under so if they file for bankruptcy then what happens then they have to sell off their assets and somebody else buys those planes and set up ununited airlines and then they've got it you know isn't that part of the free market i mean if you don't make it somebody else will pick up the pieces that you left behind that you've got to sell off and maybe they'll do it better and in when the next you know crazy thing happens, they'll be better prepared because they learned from their predecessors mistakes. <laughs> that's right? our only, that's our only option for capitalism nowadays, since, since that we can't have true competition with uh, all of the corporate monopolies. So the only way for anybody to stay in competition is to wait for that company to fail and pick up a piece. I mean, listen, there are, you know, when we've heard, I can't remember who was the most recent person to say it, but somebody was saying, I think it was Jamie Dimon, CEO of, of uh, Chase, who was like, I look forward to recessions because that's when I, you know, get bigger and assets go on sale and I get richer or something to that uh, extent. I don't, I mean, that's yeah. not a direct quote, but this is the reason why he said that is because companies go under, listen, people lose their homes and there are people waiting to swoop in on those homes that got foreclosed on. And 
And that seems to be okay with people that we do that. Uh, so why, why can't we do that to the airline industry if they go down? Because they failed to plan for something that they either knew or should have known. And I say should have known because this, this is, you know, even, the, even though this episode of this condition, this pandemic was unforeseeable that it was going to happen right now, pandemics themselves are not unforeseeable and they are, you know, an, a known risk to us all. So uh, I want to bring in a comment from the demon knot in the chat, uh, one of our old friends. Uh, I think that the economic shutdown may do more damage than the coronavirus, which is something President Trump is saying. He points out the Fed president is already talking about 30% unemployment and 50% job drop in GDP. Can't just shut down and reopen an economy. But I mean, it, sure. But that's that you know look the the economy is is existing uh on on a different basis look uh, we're we're using zoom right now i'd never heard of zoom two weeks ago and now everybody talks about how oh they're gonna zoom together for a birthday party or they're gonna get everybody together on zoom and i'm like man where were, where was somebody letting me know to uh you know buy a, an ipo for zoom uh you know hey amazon doing all right right now uh i think i had uh, five boxes from Amazon and three from Target uh, on my front step just today alone. Don't worry, I wash my hands after. Uh, so you know, look, but I look, I I completely agree. And the 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 argument that I had going back like two weeks ago was like, oh, this can't last too long because of what it'll do to the economy. But that was before you started to see what the projections were, and you're like, well, kind of has to last uh, longer than anyone is comfortable for. Uh, comfortable with so it, it, it it's not a, it's a matter of like yeah look the the economy will be what it is and that's that's when you you know look a a, a two trillion dollar bailout is nice the the twelve hundred dollar checks it's not nearly enough i've seen people online pointing out that in canada they're giving out two thousand dollars a month for three or four months now their population is much smaller than ours uh, so so they also bit... have a smaller base of taxpayers. Sure, sure. But I'm just saying that it, it, it's always hard to make the direct comparison. Uh, so, you know, I feel like we, we, there'll have to be more money kicked around and, and you know, the, the alternative is pretty disastrous. Uh, so, I, look, I understand all these arguments in favor of the economy. But, what, what, but, so but, but no, let me just say that the, the reality of it is you, you can't do it just because it's bad for the economy. If, if it's like, oh, it's bad for the economy, and uh, I, I don't know what the acceptable number is. Like X number of people get sick and very few of them die. Sure, but that's not what anyone's telling us. You know, no oh. one's telling us that, that, like, you know, this only makes you sick every you know in the first weeks of it everybody was like ah it's just another flu uh i i probably said something similar to that because you know that's that's just what you were hearing and it's it, it's just it, the irresponsibility of like well we have to go back we have to go back to the way we were what were you trying to say chelsea so many things that you said you know the things popped into mind but remember one of the big goals is that even if a lot of us get it that would be okay if that was over a longer period of time. The name of the game is to not overwhelm the medical system. And it's already overwhelmed because of how short we are on supplies for these people to protect themselves. And so I think that, that that's 
that's the biggest, uh, the most important thing that we can do right now is to protect our entire medical field. I mean, who, who, I, I think we don't appreciate it enough until sort of it's gone or it's as compromised as, as it is right now. But what would happen if the economy did take a break, a breather of a couple of months? And I mean, are we afraid that our GDP is going to become now in second place to China? I mean, what what is really the concern? I mean, I hear when I heard of the Lieutenant Governor in Texas saying, that he wants his grandchildren to have the American dream. I don't know if he's been awake, but right now the people that are living don't really have the American dream when the economy was the best it's ever been. And I'm using you know air quotes because I, I don't agree with the way that the economy is measured. So I, it just seems that there is something else to this and it's not really about a concern for you know, the, the well-being of our economy for our grandchildren's sake. Um, there's, you know, something, you know, a little more sinister, I think, than, um, than this, just everybody wants to go back to work. Everybody's so excited and would be thrilled to, you know, go back to this brutal economy that we had that was so wonderful. I mean, um, I, I, I think that having a breather is okay. Having parts of it fall away. It's kind of like, you know, when your body gets sick, and you are don't feel like eating and you're sleeping all the time, part of what's going on is your body is eating away at the old, decrepit, unhealthy, wasteless, wasteful parts of it that it no longer needs. And I think that that could be what's happening with the economy right now. If we just let it, you know, breathe for a little bit, parts of it that we don't need, that we outgrow, there's, you know, maybe I can start doing depots in court, you know, entirely by Zoom because, you know, technology has got to catch up with that so that we can keep going. And then there's going to be less people out on the streets um, and it'll have other, you know, benefits, but let's just let things be okay right now and let the economy uh, bend itself to the present circumstances rather than us trying to ignore what's happening and try and go back to the economy as is. The economy as is is not going to survive in the same way. Right. It just cannot. Well, uh, I want to sort of uh, pull on a thread that you mentioned, Chelsea, uh, and I'll ask uh, Tamara first, then Scott. The Texas Lieutenant Governor who uh, has Walk back comments that uh, the uh, grandparents out there would gladly give their lives so that their grandchildren could, ha could have a uh, thriving economy. Uh, I'm not a grandparent, uh, but I am a parent. And I'm like, no, no, that I, 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 I don't need my kids to have that kind of economy. It'll be all right. We'll, we'll figure something out. Uh, your thoughts first, Tamara, on those comments. I think uh, the lieutenant governor, it sounds like he's been following Vanessa Hudgens on Instagram. They have the <laughs> same opinion there on, um, how did she put it? Like, um, but dying is sad, but inevitable. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, for, my, uh, for my comic book nerd friends, uh, Vanessa Hudgens is basically a real life Thanos. Uh, anyway, finish your thought. Yeah, I mean, it's just... <laughs> That's just just any any politician's suggestion that anybody could sacrifice their life. 
whoever they may be saying, even if it, it, it just, you, what a person, a politician cannot say that somebody should be able to sacrifice their life in order to get the, the greater, the mass population to uh, sustain. I mean, that's just, that's ridiculous and silly. And um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Scott, uh, I'd like you to weigh in on, on this. Uh, asking the greatest generation who has uh, sacrificed so much for us to now, uh, yeah, but come on, don't my grandparents want me to be able to go to spring break? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't my, my grandparents want me to go and get completely yeah. wasted and spend all that money at restaurants and hotels? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was very Hunger Games-esque when you're like, well, let's just, you know, sacrifice a few people um, and, you know, just get back to work. Don't, don't, again, the whole thing is very tone deaf and ridiculous, but it, it doesn't surprise me that this is going to be the new kind of Republican uh, counterpoint is going to be, okay, well, the economy is great under us and Donald Trump. And um, if we can't do this, then it's not our fault. You know, so I think this is going to be their new tactic on trying to blame it on everything else but them um, in the long run. And um, it's mind boggling how people are now taking this and running with it on the Republican side. I mean, even the Republican media or, or the conservative media, you've heard from Brett Hume, uh, Lou Dobbs, all these people now are saying, oh, yes, yeah, so let's just reopen it up again and um, everything will be fine. And there was a quote from Bill Gates um, earlier, which was, you know, basically brought it home and said, oh yeah, everyone go out and shop, but just don't mind the bodies in the corner. Um, it, it really it, it really does start to look bad when you're telling people to go out and do things and knowing that this disease is extremely contagious and that's what makes it different from the flu is that it's extremely contagious. We don't have a vaccine and now we're supposed to go out and potentially what happens then are we shutting okay. down again for another extended period of time so i mean it's that's the issue about you know doing this too soon is that you end up reinfecting the population and the numbers go up again and now we're back in the same situation again and yeah. that's not going to be any better for the economy as as preposterous as it is that we're you know getting you know official government uh, economic predictions from larry kudlow who used to have a show with jim kramer you know, I, I think I would rather actually get my economic information from Jim Cramer while he's yelling. But in any case, th you know, this idea that, you know, this is what we have to do and, and you know, all these projections, you have to think even those people are going to say like, yeah, this is really bad for the economy. But, uh, you know, all the doctors say this. And if you let everybody go back out on on Easter, then, you know, it's like, well, we're all starting to feel better. Any of you ha who have read any of the terrible accounts that people have of a relative who has passed away from it, uh, or, or, you know, and honestly, it doesn't even pass away. The people who are like finally over it, there's the day where they feel so much better and then it, it hits them again. So uh, I think that, you know, that aspect of it is just something that people need to keep in mind. And, you know, I, I think I talked about this last week. I don't watch the news at all. Uh, uh, well, you know, at, after a certain point, not at bedtime. I just, before bed, I'm like, no, I need to be able to sleep. Uh, and then I try not to watch it in the morning. The rest of the day, it's a different story. But as it is, there's so much to to look at and it's like i'll sometimes read these accounts of people 
And the, the first person that I know was somebody I was a page with at NBC in New York. Uh, she posted that, that she had it. She's feeling relatively okay. But when you read some of the, the, the more intense stories, it's sort of uh, horrifying. And I wanted to give Chelsea a moment to share the story of your relative. And I'm sorry, I forget what the, the relation is. Well, actually, maybe somebody can help me out with this because it is my father's cousin who is currently on a ventilator hmm. from it. Yeah, is that a, I don't even know, is that a second cousin? I think that's how that works. A cousin not, once removed, but anyway, so right. your father's cousin, that's right. That's, so yeah. it's his, it's been his daughter that's been um, updating us and, uh, and she's giving us, you know, a day by day about what's happened. And really it was like within one week where he had an onset of symptoms and then for a couple of days could not get tested. In fact, he was told that he was tested and he actually wasn't, he was tested for the flu instead. Uh, but eventually was um, diagnosed and then he just went downhill within a week and has been on a ventilator now for one week and condition is not really getting any better um, by some measures, maybe worse, you know, 76 right. years old, really healthy. Um, yeah, no, just, and I mean, we just and, don't and know. The, these are the people that you have to look at. The, you know, I, I said this on one of my other shows, but knock on wood, if any of the four of us get it, they're actually not going to test us for it because we're not in what, I mean, I have asthma. You should just that assume that you have it. You should yeah. act accordingly, assuming that you do yeah. have it. Right. If you're having these symptoms, you're like, okay, I probably have that. And they always tell you, you should call your doctor. Don't mm -hmm. go, especially don't go to the emergency room, you know? Uh, so it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, there's so much to, to really take in, but uh, just a, a headline that uh, I wanted to share is that, look, the World Health Organization does continue to warn that, yes, we in the United States could be this epicenter that we're starting to see, but if the people who are sick are getting treatment, that's going to help. And, you know, you're hearing about the hospitals they're building, like in New York, they're turning the Javits Convention Center. And that's what they did in, in China. And it, that should be somewhat encouraging, despite the, I think, criminal way of the, that China handled this. Despite that, they're actually getting past it. But it's been three, you know, more than three months, really. But let's be honest, they they ignored it and destroyed the samples and did all that stuff early on. It's about three months that they finally started trying to do something about it. They just lied while they were doing it and said you couldn't catch it from other people and, and all that. So uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's uh, is that is that what we're looking at? I, I don't know. But uh, we'll uh, unfortunately uh, have to look at that. But the, the final thought, and we only do have a couple minutes, is this idea that the people, you know, President Trump tweeted something, I'm not even going to read it verbatim, but just that everybody who's trying to encourage everybody to stay home is because they need the economy to be bad so that they can say, look what he did to the economy. And I, I, I think that, that you can write that on Twitter, but God, you just hope hope that somebody who trusts that he, whose opinion he trusts has his ear. And I wanted to take this moment. I was reading an article uh, over the weekend uh, that apparently somebody we all have to thank is Tucker Carlson, 
because yeah, I know Chelsea gave the head cock, but when everybody was covering the impeachment, he wasn't interested in the impeachment because he knew the way it was going to end, just like the rest of us did. He stood, he, somebody that he trusted told him, and so he started covering this. And at some point in the last less than a month, when he was at Mar-a-Lago, he went up to President Trump and he's like, look, I don't think your people are giving you the real information on this. Because even he knows, even Tucker Carlson knows, Trump only takes in what he sees from people on Fox News. So I'm somebody that he watches. I'm here in person. Let me go talk to him directly. And, you know, I guess the, the network didn't know he'd done it. And uh, they apparently were upset because that's not what their message was. But to the extent that we're having any of this now, I think I'm going to trace it back to Tucker Carlson. And, uh, you know, it's you can you can think what you want about him. But I'll say thank you for going up to President Trump and being like, no, no, this thing's actually really bad. I know what everybody's telling you. Uh, anyway, I feel like we had a bad distribution of, uh, of talk time this week. The audio uh, was a little wonky. We'll fix that for next week. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but we will be back next Tuesday uh, with uh, the, the same little uh, four-way split that I know a lot of you are watching us on. And uh, to keep in touch with all of us, Tamara Brown, where do people find you? Uh, follow me after Buzz TV tomorrow at 9 p.m. Pacific time. We will be covering the season finale of Star Trek Picard. What a what a more fun way to, uh, you know, head into bedtime talking about Star Trek. Uh, in any case, that is all the time we have for now. Uh, but as I like to say, to quote the great Jerry Springer, take care of yourselves and each other. And of course, live long and prosper. We'll see everybody next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.